0: Oh, my neck has literally only the last couple of days got better.
1: Jesus. That's I'm... been
0: a long old road to Oh, I felt like shite, man. I felt like I was shite. I'd convinced myself that I had a brain tumour. Like I went to the pharmacist and I was like, I think I've got a brain tumour and she was just like Yeah, you need to you go said to that to the pharmacist Sh- she was like, you need to go to a doctor. i tell you, it was actually that pharmacist in air that you had to go to.
1: Oh, when I was just sneezing everywhere. it,
0: yeah. And um, she was like, yeah, you should see a doctor. I was like, I was like, I can't move my neck and my eye really hurts. And she was just like, how long has it been like that? And I was like, about two and a half weeks. She was like, yeah, you need to go see someone.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> then the next day, grade, I not... was
0: fine, pretty much.
1: Maybe that was um, it. Maybe you just needed to talk it out. You just needed someone to acknowledge it and you're like, oh, good, I'm not imagining this, she's saying it's serious, and then all that tension left your body and actually Mm it
0: eased. Yeah, I brought a memory foam uh,
1: pillow as well. That may also have helped. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote and this is Consistently Eccentric, a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with... This story begins in February of 1051 early or by the very latest estimation 1054 okay best guess february of 1051 but definitely by 1054 because at some point between those two times robert of normandy was born he was the first son of william the duke of normandy and his wife matilda of flanders the older the father william he was determined that his son and heir would experience a much better childhood than he had been subjected to when he'd mm-hmm. been a little baby.
0: It's what we all want for our children, yeah. he says, childless.
1: Well, to be fair, in this case, William's setting the bar rather low because he'd become the Duke of Normandy as the illegitimate son of Robert I of Normandy, who'd been better known as Robert the Magnificent.
0: Did he give himself that title?
1: You feel like he must have given himself that title.
0: Mm, I would do that. Mm. Like Ollie the Majestic.
1: But, it, you know, it's stuck. So to mm-hmm. history, he's known as Robert the Magnificent. And don't worry, our little baby Robert, uh, he also gets a nickname. Uh, the Bruce? <laughs> it's it's a fun nickname, though. You, you'll you love it when you hear it. Great. But, yes, he became the Duke of Normandy because Robert I, the Magnificent, he died when William was only seven years old. And the uh, title because he had no legitimate heirs to pass it on to, the Umdenard, and they were like, actually, even though he's a bastard, he's he's got the best claim to this throne, so we're just mm-hmm. going to have to give him the title. From that point, at the age of seven, little William, he spent over a decade as a pawn in a political power struggle, which included one notable occasion that I'm sure was completely not traumatising, when one of his many guardians... People who basically grabbed, kidnapped him and said, I control Normandy by virtue of the fact that I'm working in this child's best interest. Yeah, I'm I'm abusing this child. Yeah. So there was a bloke called uh, Osborne who'd who'd Mm -hmm. taken on this mantle of Guardian. Uh, He was murdered in William's bedchamber. While, While William was, was sleeping. Dead. Yeah. William was asleep and he woke to the sound of a man being brutally stabbed at the foot of his bed.
0: Oh, Billy, that's going to cause some issues, isn't it?
1: And I imagine the person doing the stabbing was just, at the end of it was like, I'm your new guardian now. You're safe. Hush, little baby. <laughs> just walks over with a bloodstained hand, just stroking his forehead. It's okay,
0: William, it's okay. It's all a dream. <laughs>
1: Though William had won a decisive battle at Valer's Duns in 1047, while he was still only 19, that established that he was ready to rule on his own right. Impressive, yeah. William faced constant challenges and rebellions until around the point that Robert was born. So even though he, he kind of proved by force of arms that he was ready to come into his inheritance. yeah. You know what it's like with Guardians. We we cover this a lot. They're not ready to give up those reins. When they say, I'm just here for the child's best interest, that's very rarely true.
0: Yeah, yeah, because when they get of age, then there's a challenge there, isn't there? Exactly. Look all the stuff I've done for you. Let me be king. Murder them. Oh, whoops, they drowned.
1: Shame. I should be your grand vizier. Yeah. There's a title that doesn't come with any baggage. Why don't you just make me that, and, and I'm sure we'll work together hand in glove. yeah. Now, baby Robert, our little Robert that we're going to follow, he'd have been blissfully unaware of all these political machinations and the sort of tenuous position his father was in. He received education from the finest tutors. He was brought up in the knowledge that he would one day inherit the control of a peaceful and united duchy because his father kept everything from him. He's like, no, everything's grand. You know, everyone loves me in Normandy. There's definitely not rebellion being fermented and you will take over when the time is right. It'll be nice and peaceful transition. There'll be no fighting that you'll have to do, my son. You won't have to have someone murdered in your bedchamber.
0: It, I mean, it all sounds wonderful. You're painting a lovely picture of Eden, I yeah. would say. And it gets better
1: mm-hmm. because, in fact, little Robert, he could expect to rule over even more than just Normandy. Oh, th- father... has there been
0: a land grab?
1: Yeah, well, he, he his father was an expansionist. He had some mm-hmm. plans. Uh, it included a deal with the Count of Maine a bloke called Herbert II, to support him to take back his lands in exchange for Maine becoming a vassal state of Normandy. So he's going to say, well, you're going to be one of my guys. So it's better to be in my tent pissing out because I can protect you. That's
0: a name that hasn't stood the test of time, what, is it? Herbert. Herbert. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think the Herberts did particularly well, which is one of the reasons. You know you know how yeah, names but... die out when, when the connotations linked to that sort of noble name or royal name are just too yeah. much?
0: hmm yeah.
1: This would naturally, though, if you're going to make someone your vassal state, it would require a marriage pact because that's the way that you, you seal these deals. You sign all the contracts, but when your family are, are joined... That's when you know it's serious. United. So little Robert, he was engaged to wed Herbert's younger sister Marguerite when he was about four. That's when he he uh, set, decided to settle down at the age of four. It
0: was a different world, wasn't it? Was, it? Wasn't it? it was a different world.
1: You've <laughs> sown your wild oats. It's time to to get yourself a fiance.
0: You need to calm down. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, you you know, a year ago you were smearing your shit on the walls. We really need to help you to become a, a, a responsible adult now. But
0: the thing, I guess, like, marriage, uh, by definition, has kind of changed over the years, doesn't it? Whereas, mm. like, before, you could kind of get married and it was kind of expected that that was, like, the legal side of stuff. But you could still do what you wanted. You could still, like,
1: Oh, yeah, that's why were kind of accepted. Yeah, and it was time. all
0: very normal. Whereas now, a lot of people don't get married... Uh, or they get married a lot later, mm. uh, and then they stay in a committed, well, most people stay in a committed relationship. So the idea of marriage has completely changed, mm. hasn't it?
1: As it's apparently become more casual, it's weirdly become more sort of serious. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's for a bit, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a no-go isn't it really like if someone having an affair and stuff you'd be like uh, excuse me marriage over
1: well in the event um, robert didn't have to have any affairs because marguerite died before the marriage could take place uh-huh. and herbert ii died before he could take his lands back and become a vassal state of normandy anyway but you don't need to worry about that because william just took the lands in in the end of um, course and made robert the new count of maine so you wonder why he bothered with the whole marriage thing when it You know, that fell apart and went, okay, I'll just take them and give them to you without the need for a wife to legitimise it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes we just make things up as we go along. He tried to do
1: things in the right way. It's like, okay, that's fallen through. Ah, I'll take the easy route now. Here you go, son. You are now the Count of Maine. (laughs) But what it did show this entire issue with Maine was that little Robert would be expected to be a dutiful son to William and to always do what he was told was in the family interest.
0: I see trouble brewing. Mm.
1: That was foreshadowing. Mm. In 1066, <gasps> that year where nothing happened.
0: British history starts. That's yeah. where you learn it from then.
1: <laughs> well, that, that was, yes. That was the year that Robert's father, he decided to start British history by heading across the Channel to challenge for the English crown. Mm-hmm. It was a dangerous endeavour. So before he left, he made it explicitly clear that in the event of his death, little 12-year-old Robert would take his place as the Duke of Normandy. (laughs) Only 12. Though he actually left the running of Normandy day-to-day to to, uh, his wife Matilda and a group of trusted advisors. Who was
0: 15.
1: (laughs) He'll take the title, but his cousin, who is 15 and can now grow a small moustache, will actually do the the deciding Mm day-to-day alongside his wife. However, when Matilda headed over to England to join her husband you know, because he won the crown and they needed to be crowned as King and Queen of England. Of course. Uh, Robert was left in control of all of his lands on the continent. How do you manage stuff like that? That's a lot of At the age of 13. Yeah. Well, you don't because it didn't go particularly well. Robert almost immediately lost control of Maine and he would have to wait for his father to come home and raise an army to get it back for him a few years later. So, like, I'm the Duke of Normandy, I'm the Count of Maine, and the people of Maine went... You're a 13-year-old spotty teenager. No, we're not having it. We're (laughs) going to do our own thing. And he's, oh, okay.
0: I'm the Duke of
1: Normandy, though. Daddy! (laughs) Shut up, I'm ruling England. I've got (laughs) a new toy. Bonsoir! (laughs) Despite that little hiccup, though, it was pretty certain that Richard would become the next Duke of Normandy and King of England as soon as his dad passed on. Yeah. That was until 1077. By this time, William had managed to create three more male heirs. He'd also had three girls, him and Matilda, though mm-hmm. naturally at the time they didn't count in the succession, so... No. It's not that I'm ignoring them, it's that William ignored them. Yeah. Though, to be fair, only two of the other male heirs were still alive, with uh, one child called Richard having died in a hunting accident in the New Forest at the age of only 16. Oh.
0: I'm saying, oh, no, actually, if you were hunting...
1: Yeah, yeah, he was hunting wild boar, and the boar won. Yeah, good. Robert was in his mid-twenties, and he was starting to think about how he would reign when he took over from his father. After all, William was already 49, and the average life expectancy for kings in the Middle Ages was approximately 48. Oh, Between the period of um, 1,000 to 1,600, the average age of a king dying was... Forty-eight,
0: and that mental. I always find that when you're reading on history, that you hear about, oh, King whatever did this, and Queen whatever did that, and you're like, they did so much mm. in such a such a short space of time. Well,
1: don't forget, William was made Duke of Normandy at the age of seven. So okay, <laughs> fine, you got started so young, early. Aren't you? He'd won decisive battles at nineteen when I was, you know, still in my emo phase. I was I was going to form a band. We did find actually, and we were going to be big at that point. I've never grown out of it. Yeah. It wasn't a phase. It's my life. Mm, it's on brand. Robert was already known around court for being particularly generous and jovial, and he had a number of loyal followers who were no doubt hoping for a plum position when mm-hmm. he ascended to the throne. So he'd already got his entourage, and they were all kind of like, you know, the bright young things, and it was his, his crew. Since, yeah. Yeah. As soon as Daddy dies, we're going to run England, we're going to run Normandy, and we're going to do it so much better. Yeah. All of those things were going for him, but there was one thing, one thing that that went against him in terms of kingly poison and being considered as a you know a serious person. Go on. And I, I feel for him, he was a bit on the short side. Oh, okay. Even for the time. In fact, he was so short that at some point uh, his father, William the Conqueror, had coined the nickname Kurt Hose, meaning short stockings or
0: short Robert boots. Robert Kurt Hose. Yeah, OK. I know this chap. You're into I it. I know him. Yeah, I know him.
1: Yeah. Now, it might have been a cute little nickname when he was a child, but it had stuck as he entered his 20s.
0: So it's basically Robert Short Arse. Yeah, he, his right. his
1: name to everyone who knew him was Robert Short Arse. Do we know how tall he was? I imagine he was about my height, 5'4", which is big. So I don't even know why the... the you know, I mean, subjugating you're gi- him to this abuse. You're an absolute giant. I am. No, even for those times, I would apparently be on the short side. There was right. never a period in history when my height was a tall height. But we're okay with it.
0: Yeah, but you've got other assets going for you, Joe.
1: I, I do. He's the fact that f-
0: I'm practically blind. You're blind, but you've, according to your wife, you've got a very firm bottom.
1: I mean, I'll take it. I'm not mm. going to complain about that. Yeah. This is
0: what your wife and I talk about when you're at work.
1: Well, it's the only thing I have to hang my hat on. So I have to do a lot of squats. I don't do any other exercise. It's just squats all the time. To to get your perky bottom. (laughs) Because if I lose that, why is she with me? Anyway, (laughs) we can't keep talking about my bottom. No. What I'm saying is it was a nickname I'm assuming he didn't like and he was particularly sensitive about it. And as you know, with people who are overly sensitive about a physical part of their body, Mm -hmm. it means that everything is viewed through the terms of, are you mocking me? became a very sensitive chap towards mockery.
0: I think, yeah, as it should. I think think I'd feel the same.
1: And it's that sort of personality trait that probably um, led to some of the events of early 1078. The previous year, Robert had asked his father to be given some more responsibility and maybe... You know, control over some of the Norman lands on the continent. Yeah. But William, he was a micromanager and he'd shut his son down hard. He told him, in no uncertain terms, that he needed to wait until William was dead to pry any responsibility from his cold, dead fingers. It was That's
0: almost inviting him to murder him, I think. Just wait till I'm dead. I I mean... Oh, wait, I will. I will, sir.
1: You didn't say how that death had to occur. Tomorrow!
0: I just hit my head against the mic when I did.
1: That. <laughs> I like the commitment to the bit. Yeah, whatever way that William expressed this, it obviously stung Robert. And the following year, while the entire family were on a military campaign on the continent yeah. to sort of you know put down some rebellious people, because it's constant maintenance. It's like you know when you've got to constantly be fighting the little um, bugs and stuff on your award-winning roses. It's the same when you have um, land you're constantly having to pick off the slugs. I like your analogy there. You, sir, are a slug. Yeah, and I must get your way so that I can look after my award-winning roses and go to the Chelsea Flower Show. Get off my marrow, sir. (laughs) That's something completely different that we won't go into. (laughs) Um, But while they were all on campaign, you know, so all the brothers and dad, a lovely family bonding experience... uh, Robert made a point that he was going to take lodgings away from his father. And he spent the evening in this pub that he'd kind of just taken over, drinking and complaining to his followers, his crew, about how badly his father was treating him. I mean, that's what pubs are for. Yeah, he'd he'd gone off to the pub with his mates and gone, he just doesn't understand. He won't even trust me. (laughs) I'm so good at everything and he just doesn't see. Unfortunately... Robert had forgotten that his two younger brothers were also staying in the same pub. Oh. They overheard Robert's whining, and they decided to teach him a lesson. And because they were also likely to have been a bit drunk, they decided the best way to teach this lesson would be to dump a chamber pot full of excrement over his head.
0: What? And they got the same mother, by the way. Yes, they're all yeah. Matilda of Flanders. All, okay. of the,
1: all of the all of the Conqueror boys all have the same mum. They're all legitimate. Yeah. Right. William didn't like his nickname, the Bastard, so he was like, none of my sons are going to get that. I'm just going to call one short-arse. But yes, <laughs> so, so... mean. The short-arse is now short-arse covered in shit. <laughs> the ensuing fight, because naturally there was a fight after they did this,
0: Of course, it got
1: so out of hand that King William himself had to be woken up to come and sort it out. Robert demanded that William punish his brothers for their behaviour, but William, I imagine... Once he heard what had happened, he was trying very hard not to laugh. the li- yeah. Entire situation. He's seen his three drunk sons, probably you know, with cuts and bruises now, and one of them smelling of human shit. Yeah, what happened? To, was it human? Uh, well, it's a chamber pot, so oh, it's either yeah. human pee, human poo, or a lovely mix of the two. William refused to punish That's the gross, two younger man. brothers. He's just like, no, 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 you guys all got in a bit of a fight. I'm not punishing anyone. You know, well, you've all just got being some bruises. Boys, aren't yeah, they just boys, not It's roughhousing, just get over yourself. <clears throat> mm. Rather than simply sulk about the situation, which is what I would have expected him to do, Robert decided on a more proactive method of letting it be known that he was very, very upset with what had just happened. Specifically, he and a band of his followers set off riding in the middle of the night to try and capture Ruin Castle. Drunk. Yes, drunk, they went to try and capture one of his father's castles to prove <laughs> some point. Like, this Give me is mine your now. castle, yeah. He arrived to find that the king's butler, Roger of Irvie, had been pre-warned that a very drunken Robert Curthose was on his way. He'd taken the step of locking the door.
0: <laughs> Not today, sir.
1: Yeah. And mm. even though it, it didn't work at all, this half-hearted treasonous act, it incited a number of the local lords to rebellion because they were like, oh my God, we can we can support this son, and he seems stupid. So if we all rise up in rebellion and we say, you're the new Duke of Normandy, he'll be more pliable than William the Conqueror. uh,
0: So they had their own agenda and they got behind uh, the cause. He He may
1: not have actually meant to do a full rebellion, Robert. It may have just been he wanted to prove a point, You know, take the castle and go, see...
0: Is it just a, joke, a, a little bit of banter that went too far?
1: It, it feels like it could have been, but then suddenly there's a full-on rebellion, and he's like, oh, shit.
0: Oh, God. Now, it yeah. was a
1: rebellion that King William was easily able to put down, mm-hmm. further cementing his reputation as a no-nonsense ruler, so it actually worked out for William, but it had interrupted the war he had been planning to wage, so he was annoyed that he'd had to fight the wrong war, Yeah. so he declared that his son was now exiled. And excommunicate he was persona non grata from this point on oh so it's like he went from complaining that his dad wasn't letting him become king quick enough to you will never be king and yet. you still smell of shit because you haven't washed yet <laughs> in the course of an evening
0: disgust me child yeah.
1: and to be fair to robert he'd realized that he'd messed up yeah so after a few months of hiding he went to visit his uncle the count of flanders And he sent letters to his mum to see if she would be able to smooth things out on his behalf. (laughs) He sent a letter. Mummy, (laughs) is daddy still angry at me? I'd really like to come home now. I want to be king again. Yeah. Initially, Queen Matilda sent Robert money. Not much, just a little bit. Just enough to maintain a small military force. Yeah. Uh, Because that's what you do when you're a queen. You can can send just, just a trifling amount that can be used to keep a standing army.
0: Yeah. I mean, you'd do anything for your children, mm.
1: wouldn't you? You know, plus sundry expenses, because he's also going to want to quaff wine and eat boar and all those kinds of things. Mm. But the scheme was soon discovered by King William, who decided he needed to teach his son a lesson by beating him in battle. OK. Because he'd learnt that his son was not only creaming money off, you know, his wife, but he'd also set up in a castle in Gerberoy, which was less than 40 miles from Ruin, where he'd instigated the rebellion the previous year. So he'd exiled his son and then he'd found out that his son was still being given money by his wife and also he was living in a castle that was only 40 miles from where he tried to start it was all a a bit too close to home yeah it was still in normandy it's like if if you exile someone they need to at least pretend they're leaving your land
0: Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of uh, rivalries throughout history come from people that used to be either on the same side or the same family who have a disagreement. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, World War I was just the royals having a bit of a, a dig at each other, weren't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a finite amount of power, and these are all people who feel like they're justified in having it. So yeah. eventually, it will come to conflict, because eventually, even if your family has the power, at some point, one person is going to have to make an executive decision, which will show that actually, they're the one with the power.
0: A power grab, yeah, and that can be yeah. very,
1: very difficult to take. If it's like, oh, we're we're a team, but then he's made a decision without me.
0: So I thought about this, as mm. in my family, if we were in different circumstances. So I'm obviously the second born, right? Mm. Uh, but I would very much uh, take down my family to become king.
1: <laughs> Good to know.
0: <laughs> Sorry, mum. Sorry, but you're gone.
1: You don't she have gone. to kill your mum. If at, this, at this time, she wouldn't be considered in the succession anyway. You just okay, need to kill she your dad can... and brother.
0: Fine, done.
1: And you can keep, you know, you can apologise to your mum for killing your dad and your brother.
0: I'm sure she wouldn't mind if my dad wasn't.
1: Well, maybe not, <laughs> but I mean, just for sentimentality's sake, she'd probably be like, oh, well, that's a bit extreme.
0: Nah. I'd, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd be the, the uncle that took away the took away the kids, Get get rid of everyone, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the prince is in the tower. <laughs> I did it, and I'm not even sorry. Yeah, no mystery to. here. I killed yeah. them. They were a threat to my power, and I like it. Uh, William was so annoyed at his son's power grab mm. that he ignored the standard agreed seasons for military campaigns, and he laid siege to his son just after Christmas in 1079. Okay. He's like, yep, yeah, I know we fight in spring and summer, but screw it. I am not letting you put two fingers up to my authority for a minute longer, so I'm going to enjoy this lovely Christmas meal, and then as soon as my gastrointestinal distress is alleviated, I'm after you, mate. Yeah. The siege lasted three weeks, until a pitched battle took place outside of the castle walls. (sighs) By sheer dumb luck in the ensuing melee, King William and Robert Curthose found themselves face-to-face.
0: What?
1: Why is this not a film? Is it a film? I don't think so. It should be a film. By this point, William was in his 50s, and he'd already suffered a fall after his horse had been shot out from under him. Ouch. He proved to be no match for his son, who was now somewhere in his mid-20s, so there was the age gap, there was the fact that William was already injured. Oh, interesting. Robert managed to wound his father's arm, and it was only when he heard William cry out that he realised who he was fighting, and he immediately, to be fair to him, didn't go in for the killing blow, he sort of pulled back and went, shit. Daddy? (laughs) Yeah. He probably realised that things had got a bit too far, so he decided to to try and smooth things over. He put his father onto his own horse and urged him to accept defeat and to retreat. The failed siege of his own son's castle would be remembered as the only major blot on William's military record. It was his only defeat. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, because he's, uh, that's why he's so famous, isn't he? William the Conqueror. Conqueror, his, but he could not his conquer ting, his, his own son. son.
1: Mm. Though at first William was understandably livid about the way things had played out, he couldn't help but feel a grudging respect for Robert.
0: Yeah, well played, son, well played.
1: They began talking again via letters, and by the spring of 1080, Robert had been restored as heir of Normandy, though not as the heir to the English throne. Okay. That right had gone to his younger brother. One of the William ones Jr. one of the ones that um poured the put the poop on him. Yeah. So he was going to be Duke of Normandy, but William Junior, also known as William the Red, he was gonna be King of England.
0: Oh, you'd be well annoyed, wouldn't you? Well,
1: it it was an uneasy piece, but it was a piece, so he's like, Okay, I realise
0: I'll just take my brother on when my yeah. dad dies. Yeah.
1: When Matilda died in ten eighty three there was no one to act as a mediator between William and Robert. So when they had further disagreements, as they were likely to do, um, there was nobody there to kind of smooth it over. And Robert appears to have um, understood that, Mm. that the two of them couldn't get on without Matilda, so he chose to exile himself.
0: Okay, so she was the peacekeeper.
1: Yeah, and Robert was like, I've already lost the English crown without Mummy here. (laughs) I am going to lose Normandy again, so I'm just going to leave. Yeah, I'm going to go and do something else, wait for Dad to die, and then I'll come, get Normandy, and we'll see about England. He spent several years travelling throughout France, Germany, and Flanders, which included a brief jaunt to Italy, where he was seeking to marry another Matilda, Matilda of Tuscany, Mm. who just so happened to be very, very, very incredibly wealthy. I mean, that helps he was unsuccessful in his pursuit of uh, Matilda of Tuscany. Well, Though that's not to say he was completely hopeless with the ladies during this period, because while he was a wandering knight, he, he left a trail of bastard children. There were lots, it, lots... His his seed was strong, and he was liberal in the spreading of the seed.
0: Good for him. Well, I'm
1: saying that. Is it good for him? No,
0: it's, not, it's definitely not good for the mothers that have been left it's behind. It's not good for the
1: mothers. He did acknowledge some of the children... And strangely, one of his children died in a hunting accident in the New Forest, just as one of his father's children had died mm. in a hunting accident So, in the New if, I
0: mean, if you were, were doing all this, this is like pre-DNA tests and stuff, and everyone's having it off with everyone mm.
1: during the, these campaigns and, and whatever. Mm. Uh, how do you know it's your child? He just chose to acknowledge them, I think. That's, mm. that's the test. He just had to be honest and say, yes, I did sleep with mm-hmm. that woman. I'm sure you could deny it unless there was a, you know, striking familial resemblance. Yeah. Now, when his father, William the Conqueror, creator of the start of British history, died (laughs) on September the 9th, 1087. R.I.P. R.I.P. Great man. Great deeds. Humble beginnings. Robert became the Duke of Normandy. However, he proved to be pretty bad at the administration side of being a duke. And he didn't have the same respect from the Norman barons that his father had enjoyed because he hadn't fought for that position; he'd just been given it.
0: Uh, it's <clears> hard, <throat> isn't it? Like if you're standing in the shadow of somebody who's done literally great called the conqueror things. Things. and yeah. you're
1: called short ass. Yeah, it's understandable why people go. Well, we're at least going to test him.
0: I feel like that. I come from a long line of like uh, military personnel and war heroes and stuff, and then there's me.
1: Mm. I I I mean, luckily my family have not been particularly involved. I mean there was national service, but there wasn't a lot of fighting, we're not particularly that way out in terms of proving our masculinity, so I'm quite happy that I'm not being judged.
0: There's no judgment here. There's no
1: judgment here, there's just good vibes. Yeah. He was tested by Norman barons such as Guillaume Devreux, Raoul de Tonzi, and Guillaume de Bretlieu, who had taken control of many key castles by literally just expelling the soldiers as soon as the Conqueror's death became known. So they didn't even wait. They were like, as soon as it's confirmed that he's dead, we're going for it, lads. We're going to take big portions of it and we're just going to see what he does. Uh, They then proceeded to wage private wars against each other. Because once they realised that Robert wasn't sort of challenging them, they were like... Well, I've already taken loads of his land. I bet I can get the other Guillaume's land.
0: It's a surprise that humanity has survived at all, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, it is on some levels because, yeah, it's like, and now war. (laughs) And another war. Yeah. Oh, you have two beans and I have one bean. War, I think it's the only safe (laughs) way of sorting this out. He was described by many of the barons as being, and this is a direct quote, weak and indolent. Okay which might have been a reference to the fact that Robert tended to try and buy the loyalty of others via large and frequent gifts, rather than imposing loyalty by, you know, meeting them on the field of battle and giving them a good slap.
0: I think the only thing that works, and history, I believe, has told us this, is uh, ruling by fear is the only way that works. Well, what Um, we've
1: learned is that buying loyalty is not a long-term solution because the people you're buying loyalty from expect more each time and eventually... Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to meet their costs.
0: Exactly. So they need to be terrified of
1: you. Mm. And Robert learned this lesson quite quickly because he realised he needed more cash. And as he was looking across the channel to where his little brother's kingdom was, this little kingdom of England, and where his little brother William was just quietly getting on with administrating really well and generating income, he decided he may as well take that income that his little brother had created. So he got himself a few boats and he headed over to England. With the plan. Yeah, It's like, you know, you've, you've sorted out this transition from William the Conqueror to, to you quite well, so I'm assuming the, the English will be quite happy when I come over and just take what's take mine it. as, as <laughs> you know, the, the heir. Yeah. Because I am the oldest brother, mm-hmm. and I can just benefit from all of the work you've done here. Thank you very much, William.
0: Thank you and good day.
1: Yeah, and off you, off you pop into exile. Yeah. An attempted rebellion by Robert Loyalists failed, though. And William Jr., William the Red, determined to teach his brother a lesson in sharing, decided he would counter what had happened by invading Normandy. Yeah. So the the Robert had gone over to England, it hadn't worked out. And rather than just him being able to go back and go, Okay, stupid, he went back and William was like immediately, No 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 I love that. You yeah. do that to me, I'm doing it straight back to you. We'll see how you like it, son. Yeah. The whole brotherly slap fight lasted around three years, ending on july eighteenth, ten ninety one, when Robert and William signed the Treaty of Ruin which stated that they would become each other's heirs. Okay, so that was the around the like. So if I die, you get yep. my stuff. If you die, I get your stuff. We can all walk away with our heads held high.
0: Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to try and murder mm. you so I get all your stuff.
1: Mm. Well, that's the thing. It gives a, a vested interest. And by 1096, Robert was again struggling to maintain control of his lands, and he decided he needed to raise another army. Though this time he wouldn't be heading west, but instead heading east in order to join the First Crusade. Mm. In order to fund this enterprise, Robert had mortgaged his entire duchy, all of Normandy had been mortgaged, to his brother, William, for 10,000 marks. It meant that Robert, he remained Duke of Normandy in name, but, but it meant nothing. all of the lands actually belonged to his brother, which meant mm. he was either very optimistic regarding the amount of profit he would make on the Crusades, that he would be able to buy back his duchy and have money left over to sort out all the gifts he needed to give to keep everyone quiet. Or he was relying on the fact that if his brother died first, he would inherit his lands back anyway.
0: I love it how they rebrand the Crusades mm. as it's some like heroic, chivalrous thing, when actually it's just like, yeah, you're going to become a uh, Christian, and you're going to like it, and if you don't, we're going to kill you. So It was taking yeah. back the
1: Holy Land, yeah. From other people who considered it the holy land. Oh yeah, because that's it. The holy land.
0: I mean, and that's definitely been resolved. Mm. um, In some ways, you've really got to respect
1: um, the Mormons because they're like, yeah, we're going to have Salt Lake City, Utah. Ain't no one fighting them for Salt Lake City, Utah. It's theirs.
0: (laughs) I'm going to have Girvan Gin
1: Distillery. So I I don't, you know, respect Joseph Smith for a lot of things, but in that regard, it's like, well done, you. You found somewhere that no one wants to live. You've called that the promised land. Convince people it is, and it was probably really, really cheap.
0: Oh yeah. Have you just seen that? Completely different topic, but Universal have just bought loads of land in the south of England, uh, and they're going to build a UK-based theme park there.
1: Good. Mm,
0: I'm excited. I love a theme park. Me too. And my dad lives about ten miles away from it, so we'll go down there.
1: Visiting my dad more. Yeah. yeah. Papa? <laughs> I have need of you. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, from Robert's point of view, he may have thought, well, when I get back, my brother might just die. And then I get all of the land and I don't have to pay the 10,000 marks back. You know, I I don't have to pay any of that back. So it works. It's a win-win for me. I get yeah. to go and do this crusade. I get to be seen as powerful and noble and righteous under God. And hopefully when I come back from the crusades as a hero... All of these barons in Normandy are going to listen to me, finally, because they'll see that I I mean business. Robert travelled to Constantinople alongside his brother-in-law, Stephen of Blois. Which
0: is Istanbul now. It is. Yes, right.
1: So he went with Stephen of Blois, who would never have any impact on British history at all. Okay. As well as other notable names, such as Alan, the steward of the Archbishop of Baldrick of Dole,
0: is that a real title? Is that, that, is that a real his name, name?
1: and that's who he was. He was Alan, the steward of the Archbishop of Baldrick of Dole.
0: Alan just seems such a mid-century, mid-20th century name, doesn't it? Alan.
1: There was also Walter of St. Mm-hmm. Valery and his son Bernard. Mm-hmm. There was Ralph, who was the former Earl of Norfolk. Yeah. And, of course, Robert Standardbearer, a knight with the improbable but brilliant name of Payne Peveril. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Are they like the Knights Templar? Is that them? Uh, no. That came shortly after. That was formed in the First Crusade, wasn't it? The Knights Templar.
0: Oh, I don't know, because where I was brought up, there's loads of like schools and stuff named after the Knights Templar. I don't know if they had something to do with the area. Is one of them
1: called Pain, because uh, that would be brilliant. Yes, let's say yes. Pain. Pain primary. <laughs> named after a very famous knight. Although he wasn't a standout leader. He was only a duke after all. Robert was considered to be a leader of the first rank. He and his forces were present at the Siege of Nicia in May of 1097. They were then forced to request rescue from the French of all people on July 1st at the Battle of dorileum and afterwards spent two full days burying their fallen comrades they had lost oh, so badly. Brutal. Mm. Brutal. That The battle actually was a win. Um, but for Robert's forces, the Normans, it was a massive loss.
0: Hmm. How do you get over stuff like that, man?
1: You just don't really notice the rank and file dying, I think. So they'd seen an opportunity. They'd come across this army, and they were like, this army is the one thing that's barring all of us Crusaders from getting into the meat of things, so getting to like um, Damascus, getting to all of the big major places. So what we're going to do is we're going to charge in and get all of the glory. They yeah. did... They didn't get the glory, but what they did manage to do was kind of bog the um, the the Islamic forces down to the point where the other Crusader sort of um, battalions were able to encircle them and win. So it was, they were almost like um, a, a sacrifice, a self-imposed sacrifice that allowed this battle to be won. Strategies. trying mm-hmm. to say strategies. But after this inauspicious start, you know. He was present at the siege. He wasn't actually actively doing anything. And he managed to cause massive casualties to his own men. Robert was able to show his military skills when he led the vanguard to take the Iron Bridge.
0: I know this. I know this. Iron Bridge. The
1: Jizr-el-Hadid on the way to Antioch.
0: Oh, no, I'm thinking of a different Iron Bridge. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the UK based Iron Bridge. No, no, this
1: was a bridge on the way to Antioch. It sounds quite cool. I took the Iron Bridge on the road to Antioch.
0: That's Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah, isn't it? it's
1: pretty metal now. So yeah. like, he did that. The siege of Antioch itself, though, was not to Robert's taste. He wanted short, sharp battles. He liked to run in, stabby, stabby, be the hero, uh, and then next. move yeah. on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. When that wasn't in the offing he decided that he would withdraw from the siege for the winter to join his friends in Lodicia, where he wouldn't have to worry about things like rationing and um, skirmishes coming out through the gates and things being fired at him. So he basically just took himself off to a riverside retreat where other Norman people were hanging out. Yeah, they'll let me know when they've broken the siege and then I can go in and do stabby-stabby. That's what I'm good at.
0: Yeah, that's my thing. That's my uh, modus operandi. Yeah, I know
1: where my limitations are, and my limitations are I do the stabby-stabby. I don't do the city-city-weighty-weighty. That's not me. No.
0: I've got people to do that
1: for me. He only returned to the battle in February after being threatened with excommunication by the Pope himself if he didn't. Oh, no. So he took the Pope going, you will not only not be a crusader anymore, you will not be a Christian anymore. We will... We will kick you out of heaven if you do not return from your lad's jolly outing, Robert. Come on. Yes. But as a result of his uh, not quite being on board with everybody else's idea of what should be happening, he was not allowed to ride into the battle to defeat the relief force of Ridwan of Aleppo. Instead, he was left to lead the foot soldiers, tasked with ensuring that the garrison in Antioch did not attempt a sortie from the gates. This too was a hard-fought battle but it didn't have any of the glamour of the fight against Ridwan. And Robert apparently went into another of his sulks as a result.
0: As would I, yep.
1: So you can imagine, it's like that scene in The Two Towers where the horses just crest the hill and you're having to ride out to, to, to battle them. And you, Robert's on his horse, he's ready to go. He's like, where will I be, lads? And they're like, no, 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 get off your horse. You stay here with our B-Squad and you just watch those walls and make sure that no one comes out. And if they do you're, you're going to have to fight them on foot. Yeah. And he, he sulked about that. Even though, like you know, a
0: proper man.
1: It was in, it was an important job, and it was a job he did well. He just felt like he wasn't getting the plaudits and the laurels that he wanted, so he, no. he went into one of his sulks. Mm-hmm. He didn't go so far as to return home, however, meaning that he was one of only around 12,000 men who endured to the final stage of the Crusade from a starting force estimated to have been somewhere up to 100,000 strong. Oh, Jesus. As an example, just a random example, Stephen of Blois, he, he'd he already made his way back to Europe, where he definitely fell into obscurity. Mm-hmm. There's no nothing else that he did of note. Unlike the Siege of Antioch the previous year, Jerusalem fell after only a month. So his decision to stay with it till the very end proved to be quite a wise one. Because yeah. a lot of people like, we can't do another siege like that again.
0: No, too much. But Jerusalem just Especially went. if you're dwindling in numbers as well. Yeah. You're not this strong force that you probably were at the beginning.
1: No, but I mean once you're getting down to the last twelve thousand they're battle hardened. And the guys in Jerusalem, the the garrison there probably thought, No one's ever gonna make it this far.
0: Mm hmm. But they did.
1: <laughs> Robert may have thought that the entire three-year crusade was going to end without him having a single major heroic deed to his name. Mm. But luckily for him, a Saracen army led by the emir Makkik el-Afdal was on its way to try and retake Jerusalem. He wasn't named as one of the leaders of the battle that took place on the 11th of August in a place called Ascalon. But Robert saw... His position in the battle line put him close to the emir's standard bearer, and he decided to charge directly at that standard bearer in order to take the standard. Okay. He managed to wound this poor bloke waving a flag mortally and captured the standard, which spurred the rest of the crusaders on to rout the much larger force. So that's like a symbolic thing. It's a massive symbolic thing. Yeah. And it—it was, you know, his heroic deed was I charged into the enemy lines at ahead of the Crusader army, in order to take the standard, which I managed. And he can then claim, and everybody's heart leapt and they were able to kill twice as many people due to my heroism. He later presented the standard um, to the acting Archbishop of Jerusalem as a memorial of this victory. Robert received a share of the plunder and rich gifts from the Byzantine emperor, Alexios, but more importantly, he now had a reputation as a brave fighter and a wily strategist. Although the latter part of that probably wasn't earned, if we're being honest.
0: <laughs> and he probably like put all the like decent words in them himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely that. That definitely happened.
1: The people of that place that you will never visit, they refer to me as the Desert Fox. They refer to me <laughs> as the one true noble. They have given me many, many gifts, and I so had a this harem point, of women.
0: The uh, So who has Jerusalem at the moment? It's the christians
1: well the christians took it but they almost immediately lost it because it was almost like once they'd done the symbolic thing of taking it they didn't want it anymore (laughs) well they'd done it it's like we crusaded and we've done it and then they left a small force and over time it was just it was always likely to fail because the you know the supply lines weren't there Mm. which was why we needed more crusades moving forward because it's like we keep losing this Damn we just
0: see, I was going to say, if they just gave up then, that very pointless.
1: Maybe that, um, or, you know, Crusades were quite a good money spinner. It um, mm, kept the church yeah. relevant, so maybe it was designed to fail, so it was like, oh, we'll do another Crusade in a while, and mm, then yeah, all maybe. of the kings and all of the nobles will come, and they'll get what they want, which is to show that they're great and a load of plunder. The church will get to show it's really relevant and significant. Everybody wins in terms of the noble classes. Apart from the
0: people that live there.
1: Yeah, apart from the people that live there, but as has ever been in the, the Middle East, unfortunately, when you've got so many big, powerful st- structures in place trying to fight over where you live. One, yeah.
0: You're but screwed um... because
1: no one cares about the actual person who lives there. They it's care Jerusalem about the symbolism of it. Jerusalem in Israel or Palestine at the moment? Half and half is supposed to be. Half of Jerusalem is um, under Israeli rule, half of it's under Palestinian rule right. is how it's supposed to be. That's how mm. my dad described it anyway. He said, you know, when he visited, he, he saw both sides.
0: Right.
1: So, yeah, he got his um, share of the plunder. Uh, and it's likely he hoped that on his return to Normandy, the barons, who'd been undermining his authority, would finally fall into line. They'd see that he was serious. Just as soon as he'd finished enjoying his extended holiday in Italy, because he'd earned that.
0: Mm-hmm. So he, he, was he in Tuscany?
1: Yeah, he'd stopped over in Tuscany. He was trying yeah, again to get wow. Matilda again. He's like, hey, hey, look, look at this standard I've, I've got. Look at this. hmm are you impressed now? She, she still wasn't impressed. No. This extra time of uh, rest and relaxation and potential wooing, though, proved to be a bit of a mistake. Because on August the 2nd, 1100, Robert's younger brother and the King of England, William the Red, died while hunting in the New Forest because apparently oh did someone else die? In everyone in William the Conqueror's family eventually dies hunting in the New Forest oh okay and again, very game of Thrones. I don't know if you know the death of Robert in um Game of Thrones Hunting a boar is based upon Oh, I mean it could be mm. yeah but this was while Robert was still in Italy, and another of his younger brothers, Henry, he was with the hunting party when William was killed, and he saw an opportunity for himself. He was like... I'm king now, Yeah, technically, by the the treaties that he signed and by the rights, obviously Robert should be king, but I'm here and he's not. So almost before the blood had dried on his brother's corpse, Henry was on a horse and he was on his way to Winchester because that Mm. was where the royal treasury was stored. Mm. That's where my family are all from. Oh, well, that was where the royal treasury was in... I've never been... (laughs) Henry, he knew exactly where he was going, demanded entry, had the crown put on his head, grabbed the sceptre and declared that the people of England wanted him as the present heir who is claiming his right. Mm. To show show how quick this was, William died on a Thursday and by Sunday of the same week, Henry was holding his coronation in London. Don't mess around. Get it done. Get it done. shouldn't we bury the old king? We'll get to that. The most important thing is, crown on my head, holy oils, everybody seeing that I am the king.
0: I am the king, good day.
1: He was hoping to prove that possession was indeed nine-tenths of the law. And he sweetened the pot for the English nobles by promising to reverse some of the more unpopular policies of his late brother. He also reminded the nobles that he was the only child of William the Conqueror who had actually been born in England. Uh, And actually, while his parents were reigning as king and queen. So that yep. was his, his ploy. He was like, Robert is a Norman nobleman who was born to the Duke of Normandy. I I'm am English. an Englishman born to the English king. Who do you want? I've lived yeah. here all my life. He's currently somewhere. Yeah, He could still be in Jerusalem for all we know, but I'm here now and I've got some... It could, it could be dead. Yeah, I've got some positive progressive policies that I want to put to you. Mm. So he he'd been able to do his pitch.
0: Yeah. Britain first.
1: (laughs) Probably. Or England first. Yeah, this is pre-Britain. Down with the Scots. Down with the Scots. I'm pretty sure at the time the King of Scotland was called Malcolm because generally they were at this point in history. Mm. So it would have been down with Malcolm would have been the the chant.
0: Malcolm. I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. (laughs) Now,
1: though his claims were sketchy at best, Henry, Mm. the nobles of England... They wanted stability above everything else. And a quick succession was the best way to ensure stability. Yeah, Plus, Henry was someone they knew. He'd lived in England all of his life. He'd been at court. They knew he was a known quantity, whereas Robert had spent very little time in England. Mm. So, all in all, Henry was preferable to waiting for the return of a random bloke who had spent the last three years fighting thousands of miles away and had had to mortgage his own lands to do so. Yeah, who even is he? Who yeah. is he? He does guy? technically at this point he doesn't own any land. Yeah, because he mortgaged it away. By September, Robert was back in Normandy, with his new wife Sybil in tow. So he hadn't got Matilda of Tuscany, but he managed to snag a Sybil. Yeah, he was able to take back control of his lands in Normandy, without having to pay the mortgage. Reasoning that the man he owed a debt to was now dead, and he did not re- he didn't recognise his other younger brother as having any claim on the inheritance. 'Cause okay. so like, you may be sat on the throne of England at the moment, but that's not yours, mate. And I'm not paying a debt to myself, so get out of here. Yeah, it's done. Now, it may have been this self-assurance that as a hero of the Crusade, he didn't have to rush in impressing his claim to the Crown of England that led Robert to make some interesting decisions. Rather than immediately invade, he decided instead to go on a pilgrimage to Mont Saint-Michel to thank mm-hmm. God for his safe return to Normandy. He also is that
0: the, um, the thing that is in the middle of the sea? No?
1: I don't know exactly where it is, but it it's not in England, is the important thing. Hmm. And even after he'd done his pilgrimage, he also went to meet his in-laws. <laughs> so he went to see okay. Sybil's parents. He was he was just... This just extended frolicking. holiday. He was yeah. like, and then I will go to England, and they will go, oh, you're the oldest son. Yeah. And there was a contract when William died, you'd inherit so... We'll just move Henry and we'll place you on the throne. He expected it would all work out.
0: And all will be well.
1: But regardless of the reason that he decided to delay, it wasn't until July 21st of 1101 that Robert landed an invasion force in Portsmouth, where he Mm -hmm. was welcomed by the nobles who felt that they might benefit from his rule more than the rule of his little brother. So there's always some malcontents no matter what you do.
0: Yeah, you can't keep everyone happy, can you?
1: And they all gathered in Portsmouth to hear his pitch. They were like, "Okay, we've not been given extra lands, we've not been granted stuff by Henry, so what can you do for us, mate? Mm.
0: So it was a political uh, spin speech, was it? Like, I can do this.
1: Like, you guys are going to support me. Okay, you'll get all the plum things. When we Mm -hmm. defeat the Henryists, all of their lands will be forfeit, so obviously I'll have to divvy them up amongst the people who made the right choice. As ever it's been with the nobility. It's actually quite yeah. a difficult job being a noble because you're constantly making these bets, essentially. Your yeah, fortune like whose
0: sides do you stay on, yeah.
1: It's, it's always a gamble and sometimes you can bet on a sure thing and they'll lose because they just have a heart attack or, mm-hmm. you know, someone put their armour on a bit wrong and it was a bit clanky and suddenly it's like, oh, I'm disinherited from everything and I'm exiled.
0: Especially around the, the cavaliers and the Roundhead situation <sighs> going on. Such a dicey on. time. Oh yeah. Yeah, because uh, for if you supported Cromwell for a while you would have been like, Yeah, I've got everything and then they're like Oh no no, here comes the king, oh shit <laughs> I,
1: I wasn't really with him, I wasn't affiliated, I was I was a secret I was bullied agent. into it, yeah. I was I was waiting for your return, my liege. <sighs> Robert first started marching towards Winchester, presumably with the plan to take the Royal Treasury. But then he changed his mind somewhere en route, and turned his forces instead towards London. He got as far as the Forest of Alton before he was confronted by his little brother, King Henry, at the head of a completely separate army. So two English armies lining up near the Forest of Alton. Boom. Robert may have been expecting the majority to be in support of his claim, being that it was the right claim by the you know the rules that had been set. Yeah. And he may have received more promises of nobles joining his cause than turned out to be the case. Because when the two forces were face to face, it became quite obvious that neither side had a significant advantage. They were very evenly matched. okay. Faced with what would undoubtedly be quite a bloody battle, and what could become a very bloody and drawn-out civil war, Henry and Robert decided instead that they'd best try negotiating.
0: Sensible. Hmm.
1: What came from those negotiations was the Treaty of Alton. This document confirmed Henry as the legitimate King of England, in exchange for Henry giving up almost all of his claims on land in Normandy and a yearly fee to Robert of three thousand marks. Okay. So it's a significant amount of money, but Robert has given up the English throne in this in this treaty.
0: Okay, and he's he's happy with this, is he?
1: It seems like both of them thought it was a stalling tactic because they both also did the thing where they made each other their own heirs because it worked out so well for Robert the first time. Yeah, It seemed like it was Robert had realised that now was not the time. Sign something that buys a little bit more time and go make away. Make a plan. Yeah, yeah, make a plan and come back better prepared. Robert returned to Normandy where he continued to be a terrible administrator because being <laughs> on the Crusades hadn't taught him anything about running a kingdom. He'd learnt... More about fighting, but he'd always been all about the fighting and had been not pretty good about good the it. finances. Yeah, he's never been good at the finances.
0: He didn't have uh, a spreadsheet. He did not. for his finances.
1: Whereas Henry
0: had a spreadsheet. He had, had a spreadsheet. Microsoft Excel. He
1: was he was a very very good diplomat. He was a good organizer. He had all of the other things that a king might need. He wasn't the best fighter, Henry, but he, he could run a kingdom. Mm. he could run it efficiently he could keep a lot of people happy he could keep the majority of people happy
0: i think you've got to be in these uh this day and age as well you've got to be a have a bit of charisma mm. haven't you as well like you've got to be able to uh perform and do the role mm. um you yeah. have to
1: be willing to do all of the bits that maybe aren't as glamorous and robert had absolutely as we learned at antioch he wasn't mm. going to stay for the siege and be there to keep the morale of his men up. He was just like, okay, this ain't this ain't I a just, highlight reel. I'm going to bugger off. I'm going to Tuscany, mate. I'm, I'm going to spend some time trying to woo some women. I'll come back when it gets exciting again. But for yeah. now, Kurt Ho's out. <laughs> so the English nobles, they're seeing, as time progresses, Henry doing a banging job and they're looking across at Normandy and they're seeing that Robert is just... It's a series of dumpster fires that he's burly putting out. Is and that I, not
0: quite pleasing, though? I would be like... <laughs>
1: but again, if in the future Robert's going, but I, I have a right to be your king, you're more and more seeing like, oh, n- no. Yeah. No, we don't want that, because it looks terrible for the people of Normandy. Mm. They're having Can you... a lot of wars going on that you're not managing. Yeah. Can you hear that, by the way? Oh, it's very nice ambient rain. That rain, that's horrendous don't worry people know that you live in scotland they assume weather happens there J- jesus and to be I'm honest if that if that system's moving southwards this is a a precursor to what i'm going to get at about 3 a.m
0: yeah well i i mean it, it hits us from northern ireland so it's northern ireland first then us than everyone else.
1: When we were dating, because Emma lived on the other side of the Ribble Estuary... <laughs> I thought you meant
0: you and I. I was like, when was this, Joe? I wasn't aware of this.
1: <laughs> but when, when me and Emma were dating, uh, and we lived on either side of the Ribble Estuary, I would be on the phone to her, and I would hear the weather move. So I'd oh, hear really? it at her, and then she'd hear it at mine, and it'd be the same weather that had moved across the across the estuary.
0: Oh, it's like you were sending love via rain, rain clouds. Yeah. <laughs> and hail. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah, they they looked across and they were like, we don't want any of that. And after a series of conflicts in Normandy by 1103, the Norman barons were also fed up with Robert and they looked enviously across the channel to the stability of England under Henry. So it wasn't just that the English didn't want him. The Normans started... They
0: didn't want him either.
1: They started seeing that the grass was green on the other side. They were like, wouldn't it be better if everything was ruled by Henry because he's really good at doing that job and Robert could just not be here anymore?
0: Get him gone maybe william did have a a point a point yeah
1: i'm gonna give you none of the administrative tasks because i can see already that you are
0: can you imagine having a child that you hate i'm sure it happens all the time
1: well luckily i don't have a child that i hate but i I imagine that that would be a very terrible thing as a parent because you deny it for the longest time until eventually something would happen where you'd be like oh god i absolutely hate you i can't Mm. cover this up anymore
0: Yeah, you are just awful. Oh,
1: God, we made a mistake with you. (laughs) And now I've just got to come to terms with that. Yeah. Things were looking even worse for Robert when he sailed to England to intercede with his brother on behalf of a friend. And Henry, seeing that Robert had brought no soldiers with him, took the opportunity to claim that he'd broken the Treaty of Alton by landing in England with an invading force without permission. And he decreed that as a result he no longer needed to pay the yearly fee of 3,000 marks to Robert. They just make this stuff up as they go along, mm. don't they? But all Robert had done is he sailed over to go, look, my mate's having a hard time, can you go easy on him? And Henry completely overegged it and went, you've invaded my lands and you promised you wouldn't do that, so I'm no longer paying you the money. That's yeah, it. it was just,
0: that was an excuse, wasn't it?
1: This further that weakened Robert's excuse. position and humiliated him because he didn't have a force at his back, so he just had to take it. He realised immediately that he'd just placed himself in his brother's power and just had to take whatever his brother decided to do to him. Yeah. It appeared that this was part of a long game being played by Henry because in 1105 he decided that the time was finally right. He'd weakened his brother enough. He'd He'd shown his brother up enough. It was finally right for him to take possession of Normandy and he landed a force over Easter and proceeded to take over. Yeah. After laying siege to and then burning Bayou, famous for the tapestry, he burnt it to the ground. Although I'm guessing he didn't burn his dad's tapestry. So he burnt most of Bayou to the ground. He was like, but that that thing for my dad, can that be just saved? (laughs) We'll take that and then we'll burn it down. It was clear that Henry was not messing about, though. He was sending a message with Bayou. And after, you know, word got around of what he did, town after town open the doors rather than suffer the same fate. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would. It's like, oh, yeah, they, they just closed the door and asked what he wanted, and he didn't even answer. He just burned the place. He just started pouring petrol around the <laughs> perimeter of the town. Bring it to the floor. Yeah. By September of 1106, Robert knew that he was all but sunk. He decided to gamble on a final open battle at a place called Chinchabray. Okay on the 28th of September of 1106. September. As in Alton, the forces appeared to be quite evenly matched. However, this time, Henry knew that if he could defeat his brother, he would gain all of Normandy and make his status as King of England fully secure. So the risk versus reward had completely changed for Henry. This was the last play of what had been a plan that he put in place, probably as soon as he heard that his brother was planning to invade the first time around. Yeah. The battle was brutal, and it lasted around an hour.
0: But I back... mean, that doesn't sound like a long time, but I can imagine if you are in, like, full combat.
1: Yeah, you try swinging a, full... a sword for an hour.
0: I mean, especially if you've not got any, like, strength behind you.
1: Mm. Well, that's it. Think about some of the people who were just conscripted from the local area.
0: Yeah, you. Come on.
1: Three days ago, you were tilling a field, and now you've been given a shonky-looking pike, and you're just expected to continually stab at people who... You know, have no more vested interest in who wins this battle than you. Yeah. For the better part of an hour, you would be knackered and you would just want to go home to your wife and hovel. Yeah, very true. But it lasted around an hour. And by the end, Henry was victorious, while Robert Curthos was taken as a prisoner. Oh. Stripped of his title as the Duke of Normandy, Robert was taken over to Britain. He was placed in a castle in Devizes and later moved to Cardiff Castle where he would spend the rest of his life because he remained a prisoner for the next 28 years. Jesus! During which time he had to sit back and watch as his little brother, who had poured a chamber pot full of stuff over his head, have a long and relatively peaceful reign.
0: And this is where it started, wasn't it?
1: Yep. Robert finally died at Cardiff Castle in his early eighties. So when I said, you know, kings normally last until 40, forty-eight, oh,
0: Jesus Christ! He, I bet he's like, just let it yeah, end now.
1: The one person in a royal family who probably wanted to die and just have it all over because he'd lost everything. Everything he'd gone yeah. from being heir to the throne of England and the Duke of Normandy, where all he had to do was just not bother his dad for a few more years. He turned that into being a prisoner of his, not just his little brother, his littlest brother.
0: Yeah, that's even more embarrassing. For nearly three decades. It. Yeah. I'd be mortified. No, I'd end it. Mm. I'd end it.
1: Well, he He didn't. He remained until he died in his early 80s in February of 1134, the eldest son of William the Conqueror, who had managed to avoid becoming King of England through his own actions on four separate occasions. I, it had been harder for him to never be king of England.
0: And with the best name mm.
1: ever. The only saving grace for him is that he did not live long enough to see his brother-in-law, Stephen of Blois, the bloke who had noped out on the entire crusade thing, the bloke who'd never tried to invade England, claim the crown the following year upon <laughs> the death of Henry. After, he didn't even want it, and he was like, meh. That's the one that sparked off the uh, the anarchy with Matilda. It was Stephen and Matilda, but basically, it was again. He was just Stephen was in the area, and and the the area, you know, Matilda wasn't in the area.
0: I just happened to be popping by, so he
1: just went. Well, I'm a bloke, and I am related to the royal family. I'm probably the closest relation who's still around at the moment. So why don't I be king? And everyone just went okay. <laughs> again, the English were like, he's here now. It's a quick succession. It's probably going to be peaceful. Yeah, come on, Stephen. You can be king.
0: That's brilliant.
1: If it, And if Robert had lived one year longer, he'd have watched this waster of a brother-in-law also get crowned king. And just be like, what the f- is going on? I'm literally
0: on? the oldest son yeah. of, like... The, the oldest. Most...
1: I'm an 85-year-old son of William the Conqueror. And no one's ever put a fucking crown on my head. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds like it was his own doing, to be honest.
1: A, a lot of it probably was. But that yeah. is the story of Robert Curthoes. Robert Shortpants. The person... Because I did a, an episode way, way back on George Plantagenet where I'd said mm. that George Plantagenet was the person who'd worked hardest to never be king of England. Yeah. I think that title actually belongs to Robert.
0: Oh, so we've had a, yeah, we've had a, re, a re-crowning. A re-crowning, or not. Yeah. As it
1: may be. The the best never king is Robert, as far as I'm concerned. And the source that I took a lot of this information from was a book simply called Robert Curthouse. And it was by Charles Wendell David. It was written in 1920. So it's it's over 100 years old, this source. But I really liked the way that this guy wrote prose. And because it was over 100 years old, it was free to read.
0: Sometimes you just take to an author. It doesn't matter mm.
1: what period of time they are from. Do you know what I really like? Mm. And It probably shows why I'm not an actual historian. I like the certainty with which people wrote sort of earlier in the 20th century. where there was People no, are a lot
0: more cautious now, yeah. aren't they? Yeah.
1: There was no balanced views. It was just, this is what happened. Yes. But they go, mm. one person says this, one person says that. This is the right one. And that's yeah. it. There's no discussion as to why that is. You just mm-hmm. assume that that person as an academic is qualified to, to have weighed that up and that they've done the due diligence. You don't yeah. have to. And I, I like that certainty. You mm-hmm. should probably, probably do well in your totalitarian regime because I just assume that you had done the work and that when you were telling me that I had to do something, it was, yeah, that must be true. Ollie's mm-hmm. told me. <laughs> and ollie is great and, and i
0: and i wouldn't dare disagree with him mm. as i bow to the 20 uh, foot statue of him
1: yeah you're not going to do any of that let's sign a treaty where we both say that we're super sorry and we're each other's heirs you would just be mm. like i'm gonna sign a treaty but it's a death notice for you get to the guillotine mm.
0: aren't you, you me. please that you're in the inner circle
1: I am actually. I mean, mm. I need to be in more inner circles. I feel because I, I don't think you're the only person with megalomaniacal um, leanings.
0: Who are they? I'll take them down.
1: Well, I need to find them, and I need to be on all <laughs> of the inner circles. So no matter who wins, I can oh, be like, it, "I have secretly room
0: for you." We could all turn against you. I mean, then...
1: why? I'm not a threat. I'm five oh, but four. That's what, I'm overweight.
0: That's what you, I have you're no not desire overweight. for power. I, although you will be dying young if you keep eating bloody battered uh, mince pies.
1: It was so glorious. I regret nothing. A battered mince pie and an iron brew. It was the best Christmas lunch.
0: Will you be repeating it soon?
1: Not soon, but I'd have another one. Maybe next year. I can make it a yearly tradition. I will have one battered mince pie. <laughs> I do want to kind of, you know, a nod towards trying to keep my cholesterol low. I'm not going to manage it, but still.
0: You're not allowed to die. I forbid it.
1: Well, it's 2024 now. I may have to. I'm
0: older than you. You're not allowed to die. That's
1: definitely Before how me. it works.
0: Yeah. We all definitely. die at the exact same age. I'll be like Robert Kurthose and like. You just live uh, forever, all my friends whatever, will be dead and I'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake.
1: All of your schemes oh, turn to ash and you're just. Why am I still alive? In prison in Cardiff going, shit.
0: I've been to Cardiff Castle, which actually quite nice. But I can imagine where he was kept was not so nice back then.
1: Oh, no, they always kept him in, like, nice. It was like you had a suite of rooms, didn't you, when you were noble, mm. but you just couldn't leave them. Yeah. And you after 28 crazy. years, I yeah. mean, I didn't check, and I should have checked what happened to Sybil, to be fair. I hope yeah. she moved on. She met a guy who was a winner.
0: Winner, know. winner, chicken dinner.
1: Just, just a guy who could give her what she needed,
0: mm.
1: which was yeah. large
0: tracts of land. I mean, we all could... I, I don't think I'd want all the land. I'd only want the land for, like, me. I wouldn't want all this land. Can you imagine managing all that land?
1: Well, that's why you have other people to help you manage. That's one, one of the things that Henry worked out was hmm. you need to be able to delegate, but effectively, and you need to be on top of everything. So yeah. you're checking the final numbers, but you've got a, a network and you're of people doing the things. getting the taxes
0: from it and stuff, yeah. As
1: opposed to Robert, who just did nothing... And then wondered why it all fell apart. Yeah, because he was lazy. He'd only do the things he's like. I need to raise taxes, and everyone. went, Well, no, you've what? What happened to the tax money we gave you? And he's,
0: um, <laughs> i spent it.
1: I think sp- I spent it. <laughs> I spent it on women. Yeah, and drugs. Don't disparage this poor man. He's he's been through <laughs> enough. We're not going to make him into an addict as well.
0: I'll I'll be writing like they do in the. Uh, 1920s, and make it fact.
1: Mm. And it is well known that he was the first cokehead.
0: Where um, is your source?
1: I am the source. I read a book. Uh, yeah. I can't remember it now, but it was very good and compelling. It definitely happened. He he was on the heroin. Yeah, uh, he was on the gear, um, and he shared needles with Sybil. That's what happened to her. She died from an infected <laughs> needle. Was that opium? Mm hi there it's emma chief organizer at consistently eccentric here to remind you all that if you like what you hear you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on acast spotify and itunes how fancy you can also join us on instagram at consistently eccentric podcast where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot see you next week